<laughs> what is up, Exchange? So like Pastor Mark said, my name is Lindsay, and I'm just so excited to be up here and just get to share a little bit about my story. Not the full story, or else we'd be here all night. Uh, but I am so excited, and I do just want to thank Pastor Mark and Michelle for giving me this opportunity but also Chrissy Mayer for seeing something in me a few years ago and pushing me to that. I just am so grateful for all of you. And before I get started tonight, we have something very special today. This is one of the sweetest persons I've ever met. I get to call her friend. You all got to meet her last week. But today is Gabby's 21st birthday. Yeah, and so I'm not the greatest singer, so I need help, so I need you all. So Gabby, will you stand? Will you please stand? So together, together we're going to sing happy birthday to Gabby. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Gabby. Happy birthday to you. I love you, babe. I love, I love you. And so, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. And like Pastor Mark said, I'm talking about community today. And one of the values at the exchanges, we're not a crowd, but a community. And what does that look like? It looks like what we just did. We're there to celebrate each other, but we're also there in times of difficulties. And so it leads me into the next conversation. It's like, how many of you have ever felt lonely before? Yeah. yeah. And so I remember a time where I just felt at my all-time lowest, and it was my 25th birthday. And I remember that day, like if it was today, and it's because of the pain that it had, and just the experience that I never want to feel that way again. And so before I get to talk about that day, I have to give you a little bit of a backstory of my story. And so growing up, I always grew up as one of the popular kids in school, in middle school and high school. And, and you know, you laugh and some people think, oh, that's cool or that's a weird brag. I'm not bragging about it because what that brought was a lot of pressure because people were always looking at me like, what is she going to do? What is she going to say? How is she going to behave? And so my life was under, you know, like a snow globe when everybody's looking in. And so that's, that's how I lived. It wasn't a struggle for me to make friends. I was friends with everyone. I was friends with the jocks, with the nerds, with the cheerleaders, with the dancers, literally everyone, you name it. But the problem came when I graduated high school. That's where the struggle happened. I started hanging out with the wrong people, with the wrong, and I went to the wrong places. You could find me at Soho literally every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It was not a fun thing looking back now because I know now what I was missing out on. And so that was my life. That's what I did every day. I didn't have a place to come like this. I didn't know that it existed. And so a few years go by, and I'm graduated from high school. My family, you know, we're attending Grace Family Church, South Tampa campus, when it opened. And we'd have been attending since day one. But I went to church because my parents went to church. I went to church because I felt like I had to go to church. It was not a want for me. I was there just to check the box and say I was here. Well, one Sunday, because I didn't want to be at church, I'm the type of person, walk in, I'm walking out. I'm leaving, and all of a sudden I hear, Lindsay, 
I stop and I roll my eyes and I turn and I look and I see that it's one of my high school friends. And so Megan continues to say, hey, let's catch up. And I'm like, absolutely. We make sure that we have each other's phone numbers. I go home and the next day she texts me and says, hey, let's go to dinner on Tuesday. Immediately, I'm like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. I'm so excited. Then she continues to say, but first we're gonna go to the exchange. It's a young adult ministry from Grace Family Church. Ha, ha. <laughs> and you see, the reason why I hesitated in that moment was because I tried out the exchange two weeks prior. Because my dad, I think he was getting tired of the lifestyle that I was living because I'd still lived at home. And so he said to me, hey, you're going to go to Grace Young Adults Group. It's on a Tuesday. Go check it out. And so I went. I didn't like it, but I didn't like it not because of the people or because of the message. I didn't like it because of how it made me feel. Um, And so I say to Megan, yeah, sure, let's go. And so I go that night to the exchange. And the exchange back then, guys, it was not this. It was in a lobby at South Tampa with like roughly around 50 people. So everybody knew each other. And so I go, and that day, that message that Pastor Hal was speaking on, it's love thy neighbor. And the verse that stuck out with me and that it's made, you know, a tremendous change in my life in a verse that I live by, it's Romans 12, 2, where God's talking to us and saying, do not conform to the behaviors and customs of this world. And you see, that's what exactly what I was doing. I was conforming to this world because I didn't know anything different. I was doing what the people around me were doing, which was what? At 21, 22, 23, 24, all you think about is going out and partying because that's all that's ever shown to us on our social media. Because that's all everyone ever talks about. The problem is no one talks about what's on the other side. What are you missing out on? And so my 25th birthday comes around, right? And a few, few weeks prior to it, I decided to go public with a decision I made that first night that I attended exchange with Megan and Nate. I opened my heart to God and I said, you know what, here I am. That verse just stuck with me and I began a relationship with him. And so it took a whole year, guys, of just the process, God working from the inside out and that's what we call the sanctification process. It was not easy. A whole year went by, and so 2020 came, and y'all know 2020 was, just came with a force that nobody wanted to be around. Um, So I decided to make my decision public a year later, so February 2nd, I get baptized. A few weeks later, February 23rd comes around, and it's my 25th birthday, and I should be excited. I should be happy, but I'm not. I just feel broken. I feel alone. And that's because I didn't have that same community I had before because my lifestyle was different. And I hadn't yet built a community of friends that were living in the same way that I was trying to live in. And so I found myself in this place in my room and just alone, you know, it's like I don't have anyone. The three friends that I could count at at the time were all out of town and one was away in college. And so I'm thinking to myself, it's like, what am I gonna do? And so the one thing that kept me going was the fact that I was going to go to dinner with my family. 
And what happened that same week, it's like meat market opened up at Hyde Park. And so I'm excited because I get to go to the meat market. And as I'm done getting ready, my mom comes in the room and she says to me, honey, we're not going to the meat market. So I'm already feeling sad, alone, and now you're telling me that the one thing I'm looking forward to on this day is not happening. So now I'm upset and I'm angry, but she continues to tell me it wasn't my decision, it was your dad's. And so I am so angry. You know, my dad and I, sometimes we, we clash heads. And so I don't hold back. I'm always myself, and so I go and I look at him and I just say things that I regret saying. And I didn't apologize to him till like two years ago for saying those things. Um, and, you know, and so he tells me, it's like, yeah, we're not going to the meat market. Okay, well, then I don't want to do anything. I have no one. I have no friends. And now you're taking the one thing that I was looking forward to. So I yell at them, kick everyone out of my room, and I just go in my room, and I'm sitting in my bed just so broken. And as silly as it may be, you know, yeah, it was a birthday, but birthdays are so significant because typically people are celebrating you. I didn't have friends to celebrate me, and it sucked. It's a feeling that I never want to feel, and just remembering it. And so I am sitting in my bed, guys, and all of a sudden, I just realized, you know, like, I'm so angry. I'm not only angry at my family, but I'm angry at God. And I was angry at God because I'd made a decision in front of everyone a few weeks prior to follow him and choose him, and yet here I was, feeling alone. And so I started questioning, like, God, I doubted him. Like, and I started questioning myself, like, who am I? What am I going to do? What is my purpose in life? And all of a sudden, I just found myself on the ground, truly broken. And it was the first time that I got down on my knees. And a lot of you, when you see people get down on your knees, you're like, oh, that's so weird. Why is that person doing that? And so the reason that you get down on your knees is because this is you showing you that you're surrendering it all to God. And so in that moment, I got down on my knees and I said, God, here I am. And I didn't ask him for anything first. I asked for forgiveness. And I asked for forgiveness because I doubted him. I wasn't giving him full percent of myself. I wasn't living out the decision that I made because I was still holding on to things. I was still comparing myself to others. What were others doing on their birthdays? Why couldn't I have been doing that? And so in that moment that I made that realization, I made that prayer and I asked God, hey, I need you to show me how I can be a better follower of you and grow a relationship with you, but also show me how I can build a community so that I never have to feel this way again. And so a few days go by, and the beautiful conference comes around. Yeah. And so I didn't know what the beautiful conference was. I had no interest in going to the beautiful conference. I said yes because Chrissy came to me and said, hey, do you want to be a section leader? And a lot of you may know that Chrissy has an effect that is very hard to say no to her. And so I say, yes, yeah, sure, why not? I've never done it. Let's see what it's all about. And so I go to the beautiful conference, and I walked into that conference still feeling like I had no community, still feeling alone. 
And in that moment, we're, you know, Hosanna Wong is doing this prayer and we're singing, I am a child of God. And she says, get up, you know, for any of these words. And so I'd never been one to worship and do this ever. I always doing this or this. And it was just so crazy because I thought it was Chrissy who had her hands on my shoulder and I was like this during that moment and I opened my eyes Chrissy didn't even have her hand on me it was the Holy Spirit and so the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment and said you're mine in that moment I knew whose I was who I was and I was able to in that conference meet and find the community that I was looking for and that I now get to call my best friends. But the reason I tell you that, it's because I had to be willing to take that, take that step and know that I, am, I can't do this alone. It's all thanks to God. And so I share this because this is where, you know, it was so hard for me. I was supposed to feel angry. I was supposed to feel alone. And the reason that I felt lonely and why I believe that all of us feel lonely at times is because God created us to live deeply, deeply connected and not alone. You know, from the very beginning in Genesis 2.18, God said, it is not good the man should be alone. And it, guys, if God had not created Eve for Adam, you and I would not be here. There would be no community. We are that man that God is talking about. We are his people. And so that's what I want to tell you all about. It's what it means to be in community and what God says about community. But the problem is we have an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the ways that he does that is by pulling us away from people, making sure that we're isolated, alone, with no community around us because it's so much easier to fall. And so that's what happened to me. I just fell so down. But thankfully, you know, I had parents that were just so strong in their faith. And I remember that anytime you feel broken, just cry to God. And so then that's what I did. How many of you have Instagram or Facebook? And how many of you have over 50 Instagram or Facebook friends? Okay. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. And how many of you on a daily basis talk to those 50 people? Ooh, on a daily day basis. Every day? Wow. Every day. Okay, Bradley. And so <laughs> the reason I say this, guys, it's because while I was prepping for my message, I ran across a study done by Harvard. And so what Harvard did is they surveyed over 55,000 people, ranging from the age of 16 through 75. And over. And so what happened in the study, they asked a series of questions to gauge loneliness levels. And so here's the results. You see that age group 16 through 24, which are young adults, have a higher percentage of loneliness, a 40% compared to a 27% of people over the age of 75. And so the research found that all these people tended to have tons of Facebook and Instagram friends. And so even though they lived, you know, they lived connected online, I believe that they were just so disconnected because we're so disconnected from people in peace. And that's because we live in a shallow culture 
that only cares about how we're going to be perceived on social media. Because what we do is we compare ourselves. We sit there for hours and hours and hours and hours. Oh, this person just got engaged. This person bought a new car. This person just bought a new house. That person just graduated from college. Oh, this person, look at her outfit. It looks so cute. Look at the guy. Man, he's been in the gym and looks so strong. But anyway, so we sit there and we scroll and scroll and scroll. <laughs> yeah, sorry if I called some of y'all out. And so the reason I say that it's because that was me. And I had to come to terms with it myself that most of the people that I followed on social media, I didn't really know them. They weren't really my friends. We just happened to follow each other. And you see, the problem with social media is that it's programmed and conditioned us to stop at the following and liking. So it stops us from getting to know people because we judge a book by its cover. It creates that I don't have to get to know you mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And so you see, the thing is, God looks at the inward. But the problem is we all look at the outward appearance first, and that's so wrong. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for the man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? At the heart, yeah. And so we're called to be like Jesus who looks at the heart. We as followers should focus more on our hearts of the people who we follow and follow us instead of those hearts on our social media. You see, the heart of community is about looking at the heart of people, not the hearts on your post, guys. And it hurts, it hurts, yeah. But do you no longer wanna feel alone? No, nobody in here? Okay, yeah. So do you no longer want to feel alone? So I need you to understand, though, that in order for you to not feel alone, you first have to start with you and God. With you and God. And that's what I had to come to terms with. And so Matthew six thirty three says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Not one thing, it's all these things. It doesn't just look like a job, like a new car, or a relationship. God promises great things in this life if we focus on seeking after him. God has to be at the center. And all things come after it. And I know that's the hard part. I know that's the hard part for a lot of us because a lot of us are trying to run after God, but the problem is we have friends around us that are going the opposite direction. And so what happens is... God can't be at the center if that's the case because you're going like this and like this rather than making a decision and just standing in one place. And so I want to picture this for you guys because it's so important. How many of you have watched Finding Nemo? Yeah. And so you all remember this scene? So in this scene, Dory gets caught in the fishnet with all the tuna. And so what happens is Marlon is freaking out, like, Nemo, no, we can't free her, like, leave her, right? <laughs> and so Nemo's like, no, Dad. Like always, no, Dad. And so then he swims into this fishnet and finds Dory and tells Dory, Dory, I know a way to get out. 
We have to get the tuna to all swim in the same direction. And so what happens is in this scene, you see the crane of the boat pulling the fishnet out, and it's almost out out of the water. You see Dorian Nemo out of water like, oh, they're going to die. But what happens is, all of a sudden, that net, you just see it come down. Because all the tuna started to swim down. And they kept swimming and they kept swimming and they kept swimming in the same direction. They reached the bottom of the ocean floor. And what happens? The crane breaks off of the boat and the fishnet is set free. Because of the force of the people, of the fish all swimming in the same direction. And that's what I'm talking about, y'all. God can be at the center, but if the people around you aren't running with you, you won't be running towards the center. You'll be moving away from it. And that's, you know, that's, that's where I, I was at. I know what it's like. So I also know what it's like to live this out and have a healthy community. And it's something that I wrestled with for so long and it led me to four things. It led me to, number one, consistency. Who are the people that are by your side during the good and the bad times? We have to look for consistent friends. And I think about this Bible verse, Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. How many of you have a friend that whenever you go out to lunch or dinner, they're always the first person to get up because they're always in a hurry. Nobody? Wow. I need y'all to engage with me. How many of you have it? Don't be shy. Thank you. And so guess what? That was me. That's what I used to do because I was always in a hurry. I'm like, okay, I got to go have lunch with this person. Check, did it. Next person, check, did it. I wasn't intentional about it. And so we have to become people that stay. Friends that show up earlier to shop things over stay later to clean the dishes, not just to eat, guys, and we have to do it consistently, time and time again. And so what does that look like in our lives right now? Is It is setting up lunches, setting up dinners, having Bible studies. Yeah, and the one important thing, communication. It's very important for you guys to communicate. There's text message, there's a phone call, there's a FaceTime. You know, when you think of somebody, don't just do anything about it. There's a reason that they were placed in your mind. Reach out to the person. Hey, how are you doing? How's life? Check on them. Second thing you have to look for is on mission. Who are the people on mission? Where are you spending your time and who are you spending your time with? And I think of Romans 12, 4 through 5 says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, we are, our, we are all many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And so all the people around us can be on mission together, guys. And so I was at church on Saturday a few weeks ago and yeah, church is not just a Tuesday thing. It's gotta be a weekend thing. It really does. And so I'm at church on Saturday, and we decide to go to dinner with a few group of people. And at the end of the table, I'm sitting with Bryant, and a lot of you all know Bryant. And so what's so cool about Bryant and I is we started serving at the exchange together at the same time and both looking for that same thing, community. And so he, he and I start to share what the journey's been like. I give him an example, and then he gives me one. And so today I have to share with you all a fun fact about a banana. 
you all are going to learn a cool, fun life lesson about a banana. And so bananas are known to ripen other fruit in themselves much quicker than if they were alone. Bananas produce an ethylene gas, which promotes fruit ripening much quicker. And they will also ripen even faster if you place them in a brown paper bag or plastic bag. Because what happens is the ethylene is more present and more compacted, and it surrounds the other fruit with the same gas. And so I tested this out. Yesterday, I went out and bought some fruit, and the bananas that I bought were yellow, just like this, okay? I got to show you all how quickly they started ripening. Yeah, I got to show you guys. And so what happened was... Hold on, I did both things. I wanted to prove this point. And so I got a paper bag and a plastic bag. I said, Publix, I need both. Look at this. This, the same banana, but look at it. And so I put it with other fruit. The peach is very soft, who wants one? Go ahead. And so that's what happens. You know, sorry, it, give me a second. I got I to gotta put this away. And so the reason why I tell you this, guys, it's because we have to be just like this banana. We have to be fruit-bearing Christians. We will mature with God as we submit to him daily, but we will ripen even faster if we're around other Christians that bear their own fruit, that are on mission with us. And I believe, personally, in my life, we can be more effective as a follower of Jesus in our professional lives, as a leader, as a servant, as a brother, as a sister, as a daughter, as a son, as a friend, if we're bearing our own fruits. And Colossians 1.10 says this, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful. God has called us to bear much fruit for his sake and his kingdom. He has called us to do the good work and grow in knowledge of him. And I believe that when we get around other people who are living their life on mission, we're able to do just that. And what I want you guys to get from this point is, Caroline touched it on it earlier, we're all better together. And it's true what she said, you know, when I looked at in this room, the force, the voice is all sinking. You are my champion, and he truly is. And so the third thing I want to talk to you about is accountability. Yeah. Who in your life has wisdom to speak into your life? Who, in your, who are the people in your life that are willing to tell you the hard things? Who are the people in your life that are willing to tell you the things that you sometimes don't want to hear? Who are the people in your life that are speaking through your blind spots? Who are the people in your life that are bringing you up and edifying you and calling you out and calling you up and calling you in the direction which God is calling you to go to? Who are those people? And so I think of Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And if you've ever seen iron sharpening iron, it looks like this, and you just hear the friction. And so sometimes in our relationships, there is friction. But that friction needs to be there because it's edifying you. It's making you better. It's making you stronger. So don't push away the people that are in your life that are speaking to that. 
Instead, invite them in and make sure that those are the people that are around you. You know, there's been times where I've called Chrissy and we've had lunch or dinner together and she'll tell me something I don't want to hear and I'll go over to her house and I'm like, I'm not coming back. I ain't come back. But I keep going back because that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't just look like people are same age. It looks like getting a mentor, reaching out to somebody older and asking for advice. Hey, you went through this life. Help me walk through it. Guide me walk through it. And don't just wait for an invitation. You have to go and create it. If you keep sitting in the chairs and waiting for someone to come to you and be like, hey, Bradley, you want to go have dinner and get to know each other? Don't just do that. You have to get up and initiate that conversation. Guys, that's how we change. That's how we grow. And I think the next one is the one that we struggle with all the most. It's the one that I struggled with the most. And that's transparency. Are you being real? Are you being honest? And are you being vulnerable? Do you have friends in your life that are willing to tell you that you're willing to tell the things that are affecting you, the things that are hurting you, the things that are challenging you. The Bible says in James 5.16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. If we want to experience healing from a past, from a breakup, from something that you're dealing with, or just want freedom from, you have to be willing to share with people. And so... All night, you've been staring at this computer, and you've been wondering, what is it doing up here? Which means that you can all see it, but you don't know what's inside of it. So we're all just like this computer, because we're all seen, but what we desire is to be known. And so I'm going to ask for two volunteers, because I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable with y'all. What's in that computer is what's inside of my heart that not many people know unless you're very close to me. And so can I get two volunteers? Katie Joe, somebody that doesn't know me. Somebody that doesn't, Frankie, come on up. I know, hold on. I know Frankie because Frankie won the bingo game at Armature Works, yeah. So come on up guys. And so what they're going to do, I have two sets of glasses and so they're gonna put on these glasses. But what's so cool is the only way that you can see what's in this computer is if you put on these glasses. And these lenses are a way of how God sees us. Because in order for all of it to work, God needs to be at the center. And so they're going to put this on. And if it's like God is seeing me, he sees all of me, he sees my heart. And so Frankie and Katie Joe are going to put on these glasses and go ahead and look at the computer. You have to look at it from the front. You see it? Pretty cool, right? And so you don't really know me, but do you have questions in regards to what you see? I mean, not really. It's just, it shows Nothing you. stands out to you? You don't want to ask questions about anything on there. Oh, I mean, your dog's pretty cute. <laughs> What's your dog's name? His name's Winston. But nothing else stands out to you. Like, I want to know more about what does that picture mean? Yeah. Yeah? There's something okay. on there. There's something on there? Yeah. Okay. You can ask me later. Katie Joe. Oh. oh, you were going to ask me now? No, I was going to be like, what is it? I'll have to tell you later. So, Katie Joe, you look at it. You know me some. 
Do you see something that stands out to you that you did not know about me? Yes. You do? Yeah. And do you have questions about it? Yes. Yeah? We'll get to chat after the message about it. And so, guys, you see, you can, you can be seated, but leave the glasses. I get it now. You get it now? <laughs> and so, you see, what happens is Katie Jo thought she knew me because she sees me every Tuesday. And we'll see each other sometimes on the weekends. But there is always so much room for you all to be deeper and be more vulnerable with the people around you. And so I just allowed myself to be vulnerable. I allowed myself to be seen by somebody who I don't really know. And so what I'm telling you is you have to allow yourself to be known. So we just talked about consistency, on mission, accountability, and transparency. What do we have now? Coat. And so, coat, there it is, consistency on mission, accountability, and transparency. What does a coat do? A coat, what does it do? It keeps you warm. So it provides protection, right? And so a coat provides protection. And the Bible says in Romans 13, 14, as I close, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. In order for us to sometimes close ourselves with God, it's to invite other people into our lives. You need to clothe yourself with the things of God, and one of those happens to be community, consistent friends, friends on mission, friends that hold you accountable, friends that are transparent. Those are quality friends that are living out their life for God. You need to clothe yourself with those types of people. People are going to disappoint you. Guess what? You're going to disappoint them too. But God never disappoints. It starts there with him. And I'll leave you with this. Think about the kind of friends that you are. The kind of friends that you have in your life. Or maybe the kind of friends that you need. See, a very important part of our spiritual journey as it's to have Christian friends. And how do we build those? Is by being part of a church. By doing fellowship. By getting involved in a small group. By serving. We have so many opportunities for you. And so community happens by taking that first step. So I want to leave you guys with a few ways that you can do that. We've been doing a serve initiative for our local refugee families where we've been collecting supplies. And what's so cool is that on July 19th at 7 p.m. here at the Carrollwood campus, we're going to be able to come together and build the backpack so that we can give it to them at a picnic. And the reason that I share this with you guys, it's because I took my first step to saying yes to serving, and that's where I found my community. And so I believe that if you were to able to take that first step to serve, that's where you can find the community that you're so hungry for. Another thing we have coming up is Summer Hangs. Yeah! And Summer Hangs, it starts July 22nd at 7 p.m. And we'll be at Pin Chasers, the one off Hillsboro. You can Google it on your maps and it'll show up as Pin Chasers Veterans. So I encourage you all to come. You may lose at bowling if you're going up against Taylor Beecham. Oh, yeah, because myself, I'm not very good at bowling. I can be sometimes, but it takes a while to do a strike. The third thing, guys, is join us on the weekend at one of our seven campuses. We are in all locations. I've been to all of them, and I can tell you all of them are waiting for you to walk in through that door. 
for you to start a relationship with those people there. They're always looking for young adults. So I encourage you, attend a Saturday service or a Sunday service. Ask the person right next to you, hey, do you want to go with me this weekend? I encourage you all to do that. And the last thing, and it's the most important thing that we have to do in order to have a community and to be in community, and that's salvation. Jesus has to be that first person that you're in a relationship with, that you are in a community with. And so I'm going to call out Pastor Mark because he's going to lead us into that. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, one more time. Can we put our hands together for Lindsay? You know, I love a lot of things that she shared. And maybe for you, um, maybe your takeaway was you need to be more like a banana, right? <laughs> maybe for you, you, you got a life lesson from a fish. I don't know what that looks like for you today. But what I do know is when I look at a room this size and the generation that we are, uh, many of us were connected to the world, but we're so disconnected from peace. Many of us, we, we feel like we have it all together, or maybe for you today, you feel like you're broken and you're struggling. And like Lindsay said, have you given Jesus a try? Have you tried Jesus? Right now in this moment, what I wanna do is I wanna pray for peace for each and every one of us, whatever, wherever you find yourself. I wanna pray specifically for peace, that you would find peace in your life, the peace of God, the peace that God provides. So let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you are the God of peace. You're the God of hope. You're the God of strength. And God, no matter where we find ourselves, Lord, we know that you are the shoulder that we could lean on. You're a father to the fatherless. You're a friend to the friendless. And where we are weak, Lord, you make us strong. So I pray, Lord, for the person in the room tonight, Lord, that feels so disconnected from that peace. I pray, Lord, that they would find peace in you. I pray that they would find peace in this community called The Exchange. I pray, Lord, that they would feel challenged today to step into community, to find their tribe, to find their people, to find people that they could do life with on mission, running after you. And as we continue praying in this moment, maybe you're here and you're saying, I need Jesus. I need a relationship with him. I've been trying to go through life all along by myself, stuck in my own way. I need God. I need his help. You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that all of us, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And sin, it separates us from a relationship with God. But God who is rich in his love, God who is rich in his mercy, he, he loves you so much. He loved me so much that he would send his son to die on a cross so we could be in relationship with him. So today, I want to present an opportunity for you. If you're in the room and you're saying, I want that relationship with Jesus, every head bowed, every eye closed, all across the room. You're saying, that's me, I want that relationship. I, I wanna feel that love, I wanna feel that embrace. I wanna accept him as my Lord and Savior. I need him in my life today. If that's you, no one looking across the room, would you just quickly just raise your hand right where you are? Hands going up all across the room. Don't miss this moment. If that's you, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking, nobody's judging, nobody's watching. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's encourage those as they're putting their hands up.
Like Lindsay was talking about community, I want us to say this prayer all together. It's a prayer of salvation. I believe we can say this together as a community, as one together. So everybody's going to repeat this prayer after me. We're going to say it as a family. Lord Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of my sin? Father, I know I've gone my own way. But today, Lord, I'm choosing to turn back to you. So, Father, would you forgive me? Would you heal me? Would you strengthen me? And would you help me to live a life that's pleasing for you? In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for all those who prayed that prayer today.